5 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 podcast powered by our proud partners, College Promoters USA. College Promoters USA, they are America's premier college prep program and high school student athlete marketing service since 1997. Located locally in the San Antonio area, you can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center. You can also find them on social media on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And you can also get more information on the many awesome things they're doing and what they're about on their website at collegepromotersusa.com. My next guest, he is an individual that we are very excited to have here. He represents, he is the man in charge of one of the premier powerhouse programs in the state at the 4A level. He is Jeremy Shannon, the head women's soccer coach of the Bernie Greyhounds. Coach, welcome. Hey, Hector. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, Bernie is uh, sure glad to be uh, in the spotlight tonight. So I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're definitely excited to have you here. We know you're going to bring that energy, right? That Greyhound energy, right? So see if maybe we can even get you to show up Coach Strong a little bit. See if you can outdo him a little bit. No pressure, right? No pressure. But oh, Coach Strong, you awesome can't, outdo, you can't outdo Coach Strong now. Come on. He, yeah, he, you know, he, he gets a little excited when he gets on the air. Yeah, he might he might have a little bit more energy than me. Might, might. So might. I was yeah, yeah. Great guy. Shout out to Coach Strong as well and his boys squad. Uh, but we're not here to really talk about the boys tonight. We're here to talk about you and your girls, all right? The the uh Lady Greyhounds. So before we dive in, coach, and we really start talking um a little bit more details in terms of your season, tell us briefly, right? So we got people listening across the straight across the state, across the country. Tell us briefly a couple of places where you've been. How you got to uh, how you got to Bernie High School and how long you've been there? All right. Well, honestly, uh, it's not a long road. Uh, I actually was just a, a football coach and track coach uh, at Coppers Cove. Uh, if anybody knows where that is, that's in the Central Texas right. area. It's a it's a uh, you know roughly smaller six A school, but uh, I was there uh, for sixteen years. Uh, we uh, with the football program there, we had a lot of success. Uh, I never coached soccer there, um, but then. Uh, Copper's Cove led me to to Bernie. My wife is actually from Bernie. Um, she grew up here. She graduated from Bernie High School, and that got us back in the area. Um, and so I actually coached a year at Kerrville Tyvee because uh, there was no uh, openings at Bernie at the time. Uh, right. So we, you know, had a commute back and forth. Me and my wife both did. Um, and then, uh, luckily, uh, five years ago, um, Coach. Hendricks got the head coaching job uh, and athletic coordinator job and uh, brought me along for the ride. So that's how long I've been here for five years now. Um, and my first year of coaching soccer was actually five years ago. Um, I uh, 
we had a coach that left uh, mid-semester and they asked me to help. Uh, and so I was new to the sport. Um, I watched it obviously on TV, like a lot of people do, but uh, just the nuts and bolts of everything uh, it was something mm-hmm. I really had to learn. And, and like we talked about earlier, Coach Strong uh, really helped guide me, mentor me a little bit in, in, in that aspect. Uh, and yeah. of course, I've done a lot of research and uh, watched a lot of soccer since then. Uh, so I was actually a, uh, an assistant coach under Coach Strong uh, for my my first year and then uh, also an assistant for the next coach that came in, uh, Savannah Bryant. And then I was uh, lucky enough to uh, get the head job three years ago uh, with another change in uh, in head coaching positions. Uh, the head coach left and went to uh, somewhere in the Dallas area and I was able to interview for the job. And, and here I am three years later. Nice, nice. Copper's Cove, that's the uh, that's the home of, uh, isn't it, RG3? Oh, it's yeah, RG3. Right. That yeah. uh, seems yeah. like uh, like what everybody knows about uh, Copper's Cove. Yeah, I had an opportunity to, you know, coach uh, coach him in high school, uh, not only in football, but also in track. Um, and so he, he's a heck of a guy, man. He's a heck of an athlete, a uh, freak of an athlete. But, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he goes on the map yeah. for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Great stuff. So I'm curious, right? So you're, you kind of fit, um, I don't know, for lack of better words, right? Kind of the mold of your, your, you know, you're a football guy, you're a track guy, all of a sudden you're, you're thrusted into a, you know, a soccer opportunity. What did you quickly, I'm curious if, if you can be honest here, what you thought you knew about soccer before you started coaching it. And then once you actually got there, like, what was, what was the biggest shock? What was the biggest surprise? Well, I think it's just a uh, like the day to day stuff. I mean, uh, you know, we always see games on the field. We see, you know, great players moving ball up and down the field, scoring goals. But how do you set that up? I mean, how do you set that and mimic, uh, mimic that in practice? How do you, you know, what type of drills? I mean, that's the biggest thing. I just had to start working on what drills we uh, we needed to work on. Like when I look at our team, I said, you know, we need to work on passing. So I had to figure out, you know, what are the best drills that will help accommodate that and make us better in that? Um, and just shooting drills, uh, just transitions offensively and defensively. And how are we going to, what formation are we going to play? I mean, uh, so a, a lot of that had to do with getting out on the field and seeing the kids, you know, and, you know, we, we run a four, four, two. I mean, that's no secret to anybody where 90% of the, you know, soccer teams run a, uh, four three three, and so I think it's just a better game for us playing a four four two. And so those are the things that you know when you get out there and you start seeing the talent that you have on the field. I think how do you utilize it the best? I think that's that's what you got to look at. I mean that, that's what I felt was the hardest thing is trying to get everybody in the right position, not knowing you know an extensive amount and a, a lot of the background of of soccer uh, and the general you know teaching of it. Uh, I had to figure that out for myself, and so. Yeah. Um, that was, I think that's been the biggest transition for me. Yeah. Now, how, given that you didn't have previous soccer experience, right. And then you land there at a great quality program right there at Bernie. That's just excels in all athletics, obviously, but how long, how long did it really take you given that you didn't really, you didn't have previous experience in terms of assessing talent on how long did it really take you to realize, I mean, did you really know what you initially had there in terms of the talent level when you first arrived? Obviously, by the time you transitioned into the head coaching position, you did. But yeah. when you first arrived, did it, how long did that really take you? 
Well, honestly, you know, before me, I mean, Bernie Socker's been pretty dominant for many, many years, way before mm-hmm. I was there. And so, and then, and then I go back to, you know, Coach Strong. I think Coach Strong helped me a lot on realizing, you know, uh, the talent that I had on the field and helping me, you know, to place some of those people. He doesn't realize he did a lot of this stuff, but uh, we had a lot of talks and he kind of helped guide me without saying like, this girl needs to play here and this girl needs to play here, you know, but um, I think just him in general guiding me, uh, that was like, I think the biggest push to me and the biggest help to Mm -hmm. me realizing where um, I should play a lot of our girls. But I mean, like I said, we've had a history of great uh, teams here at Bernie. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the girls knew already what they were doing. I mean, it's not like I was reinventing the wheel. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, that was just a big part of it. Great stuff. So yeah, not surprised whatsoever in terms of coach strong and kind of t- helping you becoming a mentor there. Not surprised at all. Have a feel, have a feeling that guy's going to keep coming up tonight. Right. So big shout out to him yeah. again. So now, so we look, we look briefly, right? Not that I want to bring up bad memories, coach, but we look briefly, we look at last season, right? 20, 24 and five. You don't, you, you know, that you play obviously in a tough district. We're going to get to that in a minute, but you don't win. You don't win your a district title, but then you make, you make that run. You, you weren't quite peaking yet. And then you get hot and you have the talent, you get hot and you make a run to the state tournament. Right. And then obviously come up short versus the eventual state champion. But what was when you assess all of that and you look back on it, what's what's the big takeaway there? What's the less the key lesson learned from last year springboarding you into this year? Well, I mean, a lot of people see the results at the end. Um, you know, we we made it to the state uh, tournament. Um, now, that's something that, you know, can't take away from the kids. That's awesome. But I mean, our, our year did not start off well. I mean, I, we did not. Our, our chemistry wasn't there. Um, we had some girls that, you know, didn't fit in where I thought they should be. And we ended up moving some girls around and, um, you know, especially defensively. I think we uh, really got better once we uh, took Cassie Lozano and put her in the back. And that really changed because she got a lot of speed, but she can play just about mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, so I, I think that was a big part of our push uh, about three or four games in the district. Um, and like I said, we, we started Oh, one and two, I believe in district last year. Like we, like I said, did not play well. But after that yeah. third game, uh, we pretty much figured out where our weaknesses were. We fixed those areas. And that really propelled us into the run that we made. Um, you know, we, uh, we we struggled against Davenport. Davenport's always a good team. Wimberley's always a good team. Canyon Lake, Fredericksburg. I mean, I, I feel like our right. district is probably the toughest district in the state of Texas. I mean, I know you probably have like Salina and I want to say like Anna, I think is in that district, but we don't, we have four or five high powered uh, teams in our district. Um, when you look at preseason rankings this year, I mean, five of the teams out of our region were in the top 10, you know, or actually was it the top five teams out of our uh, top 10 were from our district. And so it's, I mean, it, it's a powerhouse, but yeah, we uh, we went through the uh, playoffs last year and, you know, we, we had a good run at it. Uh, unfortunately, we did run into Salina. We were kind of uh, shorthanded in that game. Uh, don't talk about it a lot. Um, have a, one of, you know, Kylie Combs, which I appreciate you uh, talking about her the other day on your podcast. Um, yeah, inside of me, uh, inside uh, high school uh, soccer. Uh, she 
scored her 100th goal, uh, which is awesome, you know. And right. well, she didn't get to play in that semi state semifinal game. She uh, ended up getting right. a card in the in the regional championship. So we we're a, a girl down there. Then our other forward had a bum ankle, and so you know, really, we we were struggling off, you know, create anything offensively. So we. But we held our own defensively. I, th I thought we held our own. And our, our keeper, Kinsley Sawyer, she ended up with uh, st setting a state record with 12 saves. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, and and last great year, performance. Great performance. Yeah, yeah. She, she's, she's a stud back there. Um, yeah. So, she, you know, really she plays center back. But out of necessity, she we need her at keeper. And so. Imagine that. Wow, that's with, awesome. That's kind of how last year went, and uh, like I said, we we got a little bitter taste in our mouth, and I think we're, you know, excited and ready to make another run at it uh, this year. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, you know, you talk about your keeper, you talk about um, even you know your forward, and uh, it's just you know it's it's kind of the riches that you have, right? Did someone specializes at center back? It's like, oh, hey, we need you, and uh, <laughs> we need you in goal, and she goes out and gives like a historic performance and goal right at the state yeah. tournament level. So that's, that's pretty phenomenal. So kudos to, you know, your entire program, obviously. Um, so you mentioned your district, right? 26, four a is largely the same, right? Just minus one team that dropped. Uh, so you're, you're kind of in that minority across the state, regardless of classification, right? Four, a five, a six, a there's, there aren't a ton, right? So there aren't a ton per classification, where the districts are largely the same, right? So, but it is a tough, an extremely tough district, right? And obviously Salinas district looks different this year. Um, so you can make that argument that 26-4A is, is arguably the toughest one in the state. Um, some people will feel differently, obviously, but I understand where you're coming from. Hmm. You know, I've had a chance, you know, you talk about, you've mentioned some of them, you rattled some of them off, including the, the Wimberleys of the world, the defending district champion, Canyon Lake, you know, you talk about even Fredericksburg, some just some of the other programs, great programs you have in this district. And, you know, Wimberley's one that I got to see recently with Coach Nichols squad. I got to see up close and personal. Um, yeah. But you're right. It's it's an extremely tough district. So how do you when you look at it this year? Right. And just maybe projections and kind of what you feel that district is going to kind of look like. What What are your thoughts on that this year? I think it's I think it's still still going to be a uh, you know a tough road. I mean, uh, here in a minute we're or in a couple of days we're going to actually have all four of those teams back to back to back to back, and it's not like going to be any slouch. I mean, we're going to have to get ourselves ready each and every day. Um, you know, I talked to our girls about being one and zero. I mean, we we can't look to the future until we take care of today. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, they're bought into that. I mean, we don't look you know way ahead. Um, we're focused right now on Davenport tomorrow. Uh, it's kind of right. a different week with uh, all the ice and everything, but I think uh, um, we, we just got to focus on one team at a time moving forward. Um, like I said, we, you know, it, any team in our district can beat us on any day, but we've got to be able to bring our A game every day. Um, and I think right now, honestly, we're playing at probably the best we've played in my three years as a head coach. I think we're playing, I think all of our wow. pieces are in the right place. Um, and I, and like I said, I'm excited about, uh, these girls getting out there and, and proving people wrong. I know some people, uh, maybe online are, are, are saying, you know, this ain't the same Bernie team, which is not this year is a whole different team. Um, you know, we lost a couple of seniors last year and, 
every year is a new year. New people are going to step up. Um, we've had some injuries throughout this year already, and we've had other people step up and, and, and play well. And so, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. Like I said, what we can do going through district, I think it's going to be a tough district. I think, you know, I haven't put eyes on Wimberley like you have, but uh, they're always good. I mean, they're always predominantly good. They'll right. have Emily Thanes as their forward. I mean, she she she's probably one of the fastest girls in our district. But, I mean, we prepared ourselves by playing O'Connor this year. Uh, you talked about them a little bit on your podcast on Monday. Um, they had a lot of speed everywhere. Uh, and yeah. at that time, yeah. we were missing – you know, we we're missing that, uh, some center backs and, you know, we struggled a little bit there in that game. But um, like I said earlier, we uh, we found another one that we can put back there and play at another high level. And so uh, that makes us even better. You know, it makes us even better in the long run because now we have several other girls that can play in the back um, and help us out back there. But like I said, our district is tough. Um, Canyon Lake is no slouch either. I mean, they've got oh, yeah. a lot of returners this year as well. Um, Davenport always plays us tough. I mean, uh, they, uh, coach Morrison over there has got them rolling and doing a good job with them. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. It's going to be interesting. We'll see how it all plays out. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to, I hold, I held off on mentioning Davenport because I know you have them tomorrow and you know, they're kind of the, uh, the younger team, right? The new kid on the block, but yet they're, they're strong, right? Already. Yeah. So they're going, they're going to be in the mix. They're a well-coached, talented squad. And, uh, you know, obviously tomorrow you take on, you take on them at what time coach? What's, what's six that time o'clock, tomorrow? Six o'clock tomorrow night at their place. And is that at, at Davenport, right? Yeah. At Davenport. Yeah. So we look at this year, right? We just kind of went down some of the, you know, some of the, uh, district opponents, but this year you're currently 10 and two, one and in district play tied for first thoughts on when, when you go back to last season's last last season's team right in terms of personality and then so far up until this point what is different in ter- personality wise maybe what have you gauged what makes this team have their own identity this year from last year's team um well I, I always talk to the girls about this too is that you know sometimes when you have um a lot of quality players on the field at the same time you're going to have you know you're going to have some off the field issues uh, you're going to have some problems. You're going to have whatever. But, you know, uh, we don't have that anymore. I mean, we don't have that. I think we've rectified a lot of the situ- things that we have. I mean, sometimes, um, you know, things come up and we got to deal with them and, and they affect our team. And But I think this year we've kind of rectified all that. I think we've had a lot of team meetings. I think we've, uh, you know, talked about those things. And we are just, like, energetic. I mean, that's the biggest difference I see right now is, like, the other night when we played Fredericksburg, I mean, we were – uh, playing like our hair was on fire. It was like um, I mean, we were all over the field flying around speed and everybody was uh, communicating well, being positive with each other. Uh, you can just tell the love out there on the field. And, you know, that resonates from our seniors. Our, our seniors are really the ones that lead that. Um, and, you know, everybody follows follows their path. And mm-hmm. I'm just excited about, you know, them getting out there and playing. You know, sometimes it's yeah. – you know, in the past, it's been like trying to pull teeth to get them out there and going. And it, we get, it takes, you know, five, ten minutes to get us get us going. And then, you know, we start playing really well. But now I think it's just the excitement is there. You know, we right. know what we're doing. We know who's in what position. We know how we how we uh, play together well, how we communicate, all those things that are starting to come together. Um, I think I just think our excitement, our, our love for each other mm-hmm. and our love you know playing the game i think every time we go out on the field it, it shows um and i think that's just something that's maybe real simple 
but it's something that's really, I think, taken off for us. Right. It sounds simple, but not easy to do, right? No. Right. When, you're, when you're trying to put a, a team together as a coach, right? So, and I'm glad you mentioned that because so one thing I wanted to mention, what I noticed. So, for example, I'll I'll give you a, a specific example that I just noticed recently. Um, so, your your senior, right? Your stud senior, Kylie Combs, she scores her her 100th goal. I actually watched that video, and <clears throat> um, what I like to witness, what I like to watch is when a team scores is their celebration, right? Not chore not a choreographed celebration, nothing like that where you're trying to show up the opponent, but just the genuine, when a team, I notice a lot when a team is has genuine joy for their teammate, right? They're celebrating a goal as if it were their own. Um, that stood out to me in your squad, right? That night, something as simple as that, watching that video and what made it what made it really obvious was your your own goalkeeper, right? She <laughs> runs the length Came of the all field. way down the field, yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. in the celebration. These are the kind of things that certain people pay attention to, right? That say right. they speak volumes, right? They speak volume. Mm -hmm. If you're watching closely, they speak volumes. So right. yeah, so kudos. Yeah, I, I would agree what I've seen already from your squad that maybe looks, you know, not a knock from to on last year's squad, but that is something that I noticed this year. Yeah. And I, I think uh, a lot of our all season, we talked about being selfless, you know, and I think a lot of our kids have bought into that, you know, who, it doesn't matter who scores the goals, you know, it, 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 it nobody cares. Uh, it, it can start all the way in the back with our, our, our center back or our, our outside fullback or something, you know, starting the, starting to pass up the field and then making the connections all the way up. And then, you know, Kylie ends up finishing it, but, you know, a lot of times we forget about all the ones that started it way in the back and got the ball up the field to where, you know, potentially got into the goal. Um, you know, uh, and, you know, going even to that corner kick, you know, uh, Madeline Davis put that ball exactly where it needed to be. Right. You know, and right. she's the first person that you can see on the film that runs out and like hugs her and basically tackles her, you know, because they're so excited <laughs> for her. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, that's another one. You know, if you watch us, uh, Madeline Davis in our midfield, she is a spark plug, man. She's She'll do anything. She's one of those people that, I, you know, I, I listened to something not too long ago uh, by uh, Gino Ariama, the uh, UConn girls basketball coach. And, you know, sometimes there are, you have good players and you have great players. And great players are the ones that never get tired. And yeah. Madeline's one of those girls that never gets tired. It's like I can't take her off the field because she's just 100 miles an hour. And so, again, it's, it's just the excitement that we have, you know, uh, all the way around. I mean, we, I can keep going with all of our players um, and uh, how excited I am for them and the way they're playing right now. It's just it's, you know, it's through the roof. So, yeah, I'm excited. Now we know and I'm glad you've mentioned that because one of the things obviously uh, in the interest of saving time, because I know ideally you would go through every single player, but oh, yeah. tell us, tell us maybe highlight maybe one or two players for us that maybe more people should know about more that day in and day out, maybe in the training sessions, not just in the games that are really a big part of this program. Maybe can you, can you do that for us? Maybe tell us about one or two. Well, I, I'm going to highlight some of the girls that, that, you know, not a, pe a lot of people know about, um, but they are just mainstays. I mean, they're just right. probably the most positive people on, on our field. And that's outside of the ones I've already mentioned, but um, Sophie Harper, she's our, one of our other midfielders. And she, she's one of those girls that, 
you can tell her to run through a brick wall and she would do it. I mean, she is, but she's always also trying to better herself. She always asks me what she can do to get better, you know, and she's always, you know, uh, she never misses practice. She's always on time. She's, you know, one of those girls that, you know, a lot of times we take for granted, uh, but she does a lot of the, the, the dirty work behind the scenes. And, yeah, yeah. and then also uh, Avery Ukiley, who's a, who's a sophomore playing our right wing, um, you know, she gives us now the option of crossing it in from both sides. Taylor Hudson, who has a great left foot um, from the left side, can cross that ball from anywhere. Um, but Avery also now gives that big opportunity on the right side. She's got speed. She can handle the ball. She passes the ball well. She moves without the ball well. Uh, and she gets that ball back into the box when, when we need it to. And so uh, those are, you know, those two players in general are, are, are the, the ones that are kind of under the radar. And then lastly, I'll, I'll talk about um, a new girl that we have is Kaylee Stringfellow. Uh, we kind of worried about what we would do in the midfield, and she had she actually moved in from Geneva in the off season. So we're actually kind of excited. To, we're excited to have her. Um, she she can do a lot of things for us. She actually is one that we took out of the midfield and helped us in the in the back when we had some uh, center backs down, and so that, yeah. that really you know helped us out quite a bit. Um, I mean, like I said, I can go through all of them, but I mean, those are the right. three main ones that were the yeah. ones that I like because those are the ones that don't get as much recognition as everybody else. Um, so there you go. Yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. So going to put you here on the spot a little bit, coach, these next couple of questions. All right. So what has you, if you could narrow it down to maybe one thing, cause I'm sure there's a ton, but if you could narrow it down to one thing, what has you maybe the most excited about this team this season? I think just our senior class. I think our senior class, because this is the first real group that I came in with, uh, you know, four years ago and transitioning and being the head coach and they've stuck with me. You know, I think uh, uh, my senior class is just probably the, you know, I've got, I think I got, let's see, I think 11, 12, I got 12 seniors this year. Uh, and that's by far the most I've had. And so that shows not only their dedication all four years, but that's them trusting in me uh, to coach them all the way through. Um, so I think just our leadership with our seniors, I think it's one of the main things that really propelled me this year. Gotcha. How do you, how do you define success for the 2023 Bernie Greyhounds? Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> how do I define <laughs> success? Uh, well, I, I never try to, you know, determine success by wins and losses. I think it's one of those things I right, think was, right. If the girls are competing at a high level, if they're putting in effort, because I think, you know, just like in football for us, it's effort trumps everything. I mean, if we're putting out the effort and we're going 100 miles an hour and and we get beaten despite that, well, I mean, so be it. That's what that is what it is. But, um, you know, I, I just try to outwork everybody. I, I think we uh, we do a good job. I think our off season really speaks for itself. If you all ever have an opportunity to come. Um, but I think just in general, it, it, it's just so much fun to go out there and, and, and compete with these girls and, and just all off season and those seniors, you know, guiding the way. Uh, I think it's just phenomenal what we've been able to create this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I heard in there somewhere it was an invite uh, this summer, right, to the, uh, the Bernie <laughs> Gray on off season. Is that what I heard? Did I hear oh, that? Oh, yeah, right? come on. Yeah. Come on. It's right. never a dull day. Absolutely. 
Uh, I promise if <laughs> if Coach Strong and I are in the same room, it's definitely not going to be a dull day, right? So, <laughs> no, absolutely. We just might have to take you up on we'll that. Buy, we we'll buy him too. He can come along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now shifting gears here, Coach, got a couple questions here for you regarding the kind of the state the state of the high school game, right, in, in our state. Um, what have you – so you look at – I like to ask this from time to time, certain coaches, certain programs, and they've been around a certain amount of time at least, and, and you're right at that mark in terms of five years, right? <clears throat> in those five years, what has maybe – what have you noticed? What's one or two things that has really changed in terms of Texas high school soccer? Well, just in the five years that I've experienced it, um, we've we've seen like I, I think just a increase in the amount of talent that we have, uh, and that's not just Bernie; that's just statewide. I think we've just got a lot of uh, girls that uh, participate in, in in club soccer, you know, and whatever club it is. I mean, I think there's more girls that are engaged in that. I think there's uh, just girls playing year round, which really helps uh, to develop them as a player, but also helps their team in the long run. Um, I mean, that's the biggest thing I've seen. I, you know, back, going all the way back to when I was going to high school, there was no club. There was no, no that. We didn't have any of this stuff. But I think the more exposure you get for these kids to be out on the field and working, you know, working and uh, touching the ball and whatever else we they got going on in the offseason, I think it's just going to better them, which we've seen. Um, like I said, it, it there's no slouch in our district and our, our every other team in the, in the state's getting better and better as well. Um, right. I, yeah, it's enjoyable to go watch these tournament games and, and see all the talent that's out there. I just think it's gotten so much better, not only in the last five years, probably the last 10 to 15 years. It's just, yeah. So yeah. much talent wise. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, how about, so here's, here's the other one though. The other side of that is we talked about the last five years, but you got to look in your in your crystal ball here. What about what would you say maybe one, maybe two changes that you see happening or you would hope to happen or you can see happening in the in those next five years? Man, I don't know if I can even answer that question because I like you said, I don't have a crystal <laughs> ball here. I can't, I can't really foresee a whole lot of I me. Mean, I, I if, it's, if it continues going in the direction that it is now, I think it's it's just going to get a, be a better game down the road. I, I'm not sure if I can really pinpoint anything that I can foresee that I would like to see changed or anything like that. But, uh, I mean, I, I just see that it's going to get better and better as it goes. I'm sorry. Is there that. something is there something you would like to see change? If you could if, – if Coach Shannon could have one request, is there something to the state? Is there something that you would – like a request one request of a change in the game? we asked the tough questions here I, I, but you know i sometimes i don't have the answer to those tough questions uh, <laughs> they're above my pay grade but um i mean i i really don't foresee anything that i can i can pinpoint right now honestly mm -hmm. uh, the only thing I, I you know and i don't i don't mean to be you know picky about this but you know sometimes it we don't hardly get officials uh, enough to where we have three. We always have two. Um, and a lot of times, you know, just for me, I think I would hope that we can continue to push to get three at every game, uh, even whether it's like district games or playoff games or whatever it might be. But uh, I know sometimes the officials miss certain calls and, and, and it's n no fault to them. 
but I think just helping us out with that, just trying to get it. And I know there's a shortage and stuff like that, but I'd love to have at least three uh, coaches or I'm sorry, officials on the field where they can see the game a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Really- and you hit on it. I mean, it was, that was a, uh, <clears throat> was kind of, that was kind of a point of emphasis at the end of our last of our most recent episode of inside Texas high school soccer. I'm not sure if you saw that, but yeah, the, the critical shortage, right. Of officials right now. And it just, it took a huge, took a huge turn, um, kind of transitioning out, transitioning out of the pandemic. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that becomes one of the things, right. If you're a coach out there, you know, incur- maybe talk to your players about considering becoming officials while they're in high school, or, you know, even when you, if you talk to your middle school, right, your feeder system, have them consider, cause it's going to make them better, better players as well. Yeah. But the other piece is, um, factor that in if you're a coach out there factor that in in terms of the relationships that you're trying to build with officials because i think yeah. now we're, we're at that stage where we're going to need a new new blood if you will right a younger group and just like players and just like coaches officials have to they have to develop as well they have to gain that Absolutely. experience yeah so so it's a tough one it's a tough one i know but um but yeah, yeah, I know uh, we put you on the spot a little bit there, coach, but you did great. You kind of gave some diplomatic answers there, but hey, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, no, this has been great, coach. Uh, we know you're going to stick around. We're going to bring you back for a second segment. We get to pick on you a little bit with our counter tag segment. So okay. don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 Podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athlete. And we are back with Coach Jeremy Shannon, the head women's soccer coach of the Bernie Greyhounds, the Lady Greyhounds, that is. Coach, it is about that time. Um, any... All right, bring it on. All right. So before, <laughs> I'm going to keep you on ice here for a little bit. Before <laughs> before, uh, before we do, I want to tell you about our good friends at Gipper, right? So Gipper is there doing some tremendous things. Gipper is the way that schools, schools, athletic departments, ADs, and coaches create world-class marketing content. Join over 2,500 coaches and ADs and use Gipper to create high-quality visual branded graphics for your program. The best part, anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience whatsoever. So if you're a newbie, you're trying to save time, they they have tremendous templates. And if you're more of the powered user, the experienced user, they tailor to them as well. So lots of options, lots of opportunities. So we've teamed up with them. We've been uh, we've joined forces with them for about seven months now, and you can actually save money just for being a listener of the Fifty Fifty podcast. You can receive fifty percent off any first time Gipper purchase. All you have to do is go to Gipper.com/partner/fifty fifty to learn more. Again, that's Gipper.com/partner/fifty fifty. 
All right, coach. It is that time. All right. Any final, final questions, final thoughts, final words? No. Nothing? Bring it on. All right. Okay. All right. Let's go. (laughs) First one. What is a a phobia? Phobia of yours? Oh, man. I think one of the biggest fear is fear of not succeeding. I think fear of not being, uh, (laughs) you know, putting all the, uh, all the uh, ducks in a row and getting everything lined out the way you want it and then not being successful. I mean, I think that's what drives me more than anything is to, you know, by pushing myself and pushing our girls, I think we are successful. And I fear that sometimes I, uh, you know, I have in the back of my mind, I may have some doubt and I'm like, I, I got to let that, I got to get that out. But sometimes I, you know, <laughs> I have that fear though. Yeah. Of not being successful. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us can relate to that. Right. Something you wish you would have been told before entering coaching? Oh, something that I wish I was told before I entered coaching. Um, hmm. I think it's the just just a, the amount of passion you have to have, not only for your job but also for your for your, the kids that you coach. Cause a lot of times what you find out is that you're, you spend more time with those kids than you do with your own kids. And so you definitely need to make sure you prioritize that for yourself. Um, you know, I, I don't want to take from away from my kids, but I know the, these teams that I, I coach are, 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 are needing me and they, they want to be a part of my life and I want to be a part of theirs. Uh, and so again, that just comes back to being successful. I think it's just pushing ourselves to, to, to do that. But I think just, you know, the time constraint and the passion that you have to put into your job, but, but also sometimes it takes away from your own family. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a great point too. just the amount of time we're away from our own, own children. Yeah. It goes without saying sunrise or sunset. Which one are you? Sunrise. I'm an early bird. I like getting up. I like getting going. I like, you know, that's, that's, that's me. Uh, uh, I like to, you know, get started with my day. Uh, you know, I, it's just, it's all, it's something I've always done. I've always gotten up early. I've always been part of that, um, that, that group that likes to get up and have this coffee and, and, and get to work. I mean, I'm one of those people like the last two days has been a struggle for me because I haven't been able to get up and get to work. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, no, I'm, I'm more of a, uh, sunrise guy. There you go. Okay. You are you a meme, GIF, or emoji guy, or maybe all three? I don't know. Preference there? Which one? Gosh, I, I honestly I hate all of them. Uh, <laughs> but if I had to say I was any of them, I, I'd say emoji, and I only say that because my mom, like, if she doesn't send at least eight to ten emojis per text message, uh, there's something wrong. And so, um, <laughs> but, yeah, my mom's like that, and so I'll say that I'm an emoji guy. Okay. Now what's the go-to emoji, right? Cause mom might be listening. Right. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell well, us yeah, what is it. I got my own little avatar. You know how everybody has their own little avatar that they have. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah it's yeah. always one of those. It's the guy with the fist pump, you know, that, that that's, that's my go-to. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So this the next one's next one's probably going to stir up some controversy here, but it's a soccer one. So we're going to make you think here a little bit. So in your opinion, greatest ever male and and or female soccer player. You can do just one or both. What would you say? Your personal opinion. Mm, golly. I don't know. Just like the craze. Uh, um, 
right now. I think it's just Ronaldo. I think I think Ronaldo on the guy's side for sure. I think he's just I think he's above and beyond everybody else. But I heck, I mean Messi, he's he's there too. I mean, he just won himself a World Cup. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, both of those guys are good. But I mean, if I was if I had to pull one out of my hat, I'd say Ronaldo. And then gotcha. mm, I'd be the one I'd pick. Okay. One thing you'd change, I kind of alluded to this a little bit, right, when you uh, when you gave the uh, diplomatic answer earlier, but uh, this is on a larger scale, not Texas high school soccer, but so Coach Shannon is appointed the soccer czar in America. You are in charge of all of soccer in America. That'd be scary. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is the very first agenda item number one? What is the very first change you would make in soccer in America tomorrow? Anything goes. You can do anything. Golly. You are the pay grade, right? It's not about these you. political. Uh, I hate these uh, these questions. These are <laughs> these are ones that are gonna get me in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I can change. No one's anything. listening. No one's listening anyway, Coach. Don't worry. No one's listening. Man. Yeah, nobody's listening. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and I can't answer that. I, I don't know where to go from there. Um, no, nothing. Oh man. All right, maybe we'll come back to that. We'll let wait, you, wait, wait, we'll let what's you. your strong say? Oh, I don't, I don't even remember. I've he's been on, he's been on so many times. I don't even remember. I'd, I'd have to go back and check that. I don't, I don't know if I even actually asked him that. To be honest, to be honest, well, so you we shouldn't have ask to pull, me that either. Then we might have to pull the film. Hey, we got to start somewhere. We got to start a new tradition somewhere. Come on now. Go next. All right. Time. Let's try this. Yeah. All right. Who would play you in a movie? They're making a movie of Coach Shannon's Shannon's life story. Jeez, who's playing you? Doesn't have to look like you. It can be personality based, whatever. Just but who would who would fill that role? I'd like to say The Rock, but I'm not like that. <laughs> I don't even depict that at all. Um, I think maybe Jim Carrey. I'll go with Jim Carrey. Maybe he could play like like he played in like uh, what's that uh, movie that he had? It was a more serious one, the the Truman Show. I think it'd be a little Truman bit more Show, serious, yeah. a little okay. bit more serious. All right. Is he even still acting? I don't know. When's the last time he came out with a movie? Now that you say that, it got me it's thinking. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, okay. He needs to get out there and get get the work again. I like his movies. Right. Right. I'll let him know you said that. All right. So <laughs> next one. If not an educator and a coach, you would have been what? I was a, a biology major actually out of college. And so my first plan was actually to go to med school. Um, but then I had a, a couple mentors in high school uh, that, that you know, really steered me to, to be a coach. Uh, uh, he's now the head coach at uh, 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 Lake Worth in, in Dallas, uh, Tracy Welch and his brother Jack Welch. And couple of the other guys, uh, those, those are the guys that, you know, mentored me growing up in high school and, uh, you know, put me on the path to be a coach. So I, I, I all that, owe all that to them. Okay, good. Now you got to be completely objective here, right? So scale of one to 10, how good or bad of a driver are you? A one is, a one is the bottom end. They need to uh, revoke your driver's license effective immediately. A ten is you are the uh, the DPS standard. Oh, I've got to be up high. I mean, uh, I'll probably say a nine. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm a really good driver. I've never been actually. Uh, well, I've been in one fender bender, but that wasn't my fault. Uh, 
Of course, for the most part. I mean, yeah, I, I live kind of uh, on the line of, you know, yeah. speeding everywhere I go. But you know, I've had my yeah. fair share of tickets. But I feel like I'm a really good driver overall. I mean, truth I, be told, truth be told, every coach I've ever, I think the lowest score a coach has ever rated themselves has been an eight. I think. <laughs> I think well, it's I'm, I'm more of like an so, offensive uh, driver. I'm, I, you got to be an offensive yeah. driver. You can't be a defensive driver. I tell my mom that all the time. She's yeah. a defensive driver. I say you're going to cause more problems being a defensive driver than you are an offensive driver. Right. You got to go. That's, uh, that's the best defense, right? An yeah. attack is the best strong, strong offense, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Next one favorite so maybe growing up and now right you can answer one or both favorite tv show oh man you may be able to remember this one but uh married with children with al bundy and them that that, that was oh, yeah. my favorite growing up i mean hands down yeah. uh the humor in that was you know <laughs> yeah. new yeah. age at that time i still can't see him I still can't see him as anything else. Anybody else other than Al Bundy. What was, yeah. the, uh, what was the other show he was in for? Modern Family, I think it was, yeah. right? Yeah. He was in that for a while, but I still see him as Al Bundy. Yeah, I can't see him as anything else. There's yeah. another movie he came out with, like, I think it's called Dutch. I think he is like a, a stepdad to this oh, kid. That was more of a serious one, though, wasn't it? A little bit more serious, yeah. A little bit more yeah, serious, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah. yeah, different, definitely different from the, from the show. Gotcha. So, current, anything current, favorite current show or no? Uh, current show. Well, I'm a forensic science teacher, so I like a lot of the uh, forensic files. Um, there you go. Nice. Right yeah, those, those or any cool. anything that deals with true crime. Uh, I, yeah. I'm a sucker for that. My, my wife yeah. hates it, but <laughs> she hates it when yeah. I watch this stuff. I grew up watching back in the back in the nineties. I don't know if you remember. You'll probably know this being a forensics guy, but Dr. Michael Bodden, right? Does that name ring a bell? Give me some more insight. Dr. Yeah, Michael. he had I don't recall the name of the show, but he's he's one of I think one of those pioneers, trailblazers in the forensic science field. And uh used to come out used to, I just can't remember what the name of the show was called, but I think it was called uh, the original like autopsy or something like that. But uh okay. uh but yeah, he was kind of he was one of those foremost experts back in as far back as I think the nineties, I think. So um, yeah, those old. are pretty fascinating. Those are pretty fascinating. Yeah. All right, next one. Superpower here. You can only have one or the other. Invisible or mind reader. I think mind reader. Uh <clears throat> Sometimes I always want to know what's going on in people's mind, what's going on, what are they thinking, where, you know, um, whether they, whether they likes, dislikes, where are they at mentally, you know, all that type mm -hmm. of stuff. I think I, I'd like to be a mind reader for sure. Invisible. Okay. Uh, I mean, you can just get in anywhere. You just don't get nobody gets to see you. You're right. Yeah. OK. Next one. How would, given everything you know now in terms of coaching, right, and you could go back to when you were a young athlete, how would you, if you could go back and now coach you, how would you have coached you? Mm, I think sometimes with me, you had to have patience. Uh, <laughs> you had to have patience with me. Uh, I was kind of one of those that thought I knew it all. Um, sometimes I took things for granted. I uh, sometimes did my own thing, which I thought was, the right thing to do and it just wasn't so I, I think as a coach i would have to be more uh, want to be more patient with myself and uh right. you know just 
make sure that I'm listening, make sure uh, that I thoroughly understand what's going on. And uh, yeah, just more, just more patience. I think that uh, would help me out a lot. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think that's all of us, right? Um, <laughs> next one. So the next one is we're going to end on this one, coach. So this is going to, we got a bonus question here. So from, from coach Rafa, who's mm -hmm. my co-host on inside Texas high school soccer. So how does coach Shannon feel about playing one round of district games and then play a district tournament for the district title and playoff seating thoughts on that one? Ooh, well, that's uh, a lot that goes into that. I think, uh, I think if you <clears throat> play a good first round, let's say, and then, but then you end up having some people injured, it could really hurt you in the tournament. Um, I mean, obviously you're going to hurt you in district games, but at the same time, you have time to, you know, healthy, get those kids healthy. You know, if we stay with the round and the, the, the game's kind of split up, you know, every three days, um, you know, I don't know. That, that'd be tough. How, how long are you talking about, like, for a district tourney? Like a two or three day? Yeah, that's a great, you know, that's a great, I guess it just depends on this, <clears throat> excuse me, on the size of the district and who qualifies, right? But this is, uh, this isn't exactly a hypothetical because this actually does exist in, um, at least I know for sure, some of the Houston districts on the private school side, on the TAPS side, because the districts are so large, right? And they can't really go through, they can't really afford to play each other twice, especially travel and what have you. Right. So what they do, what they've done in the past is they do essentially this concept is they play everybody once and it determines and it determines seat. So every game is very critical, right? Sure. And <clears throat> excuse me. And it determines seating. So, and then what, what I've, one of the variations that I've seen in the past is the one and two seats. So for example, let's say, let's say you have a 10, 11 team district, right? And four, four slots are advancing to the playoffs. So if you finish maybe first, at least first, right, you would be guaranteed during the first round of play of district play, you would be guaranteed advancing to the playoffs, but you wouldn't necessarily be guaranteed the automatic number one seed. Like you would still have, you would still have to win out the tournament. Right. But usually the, the first place team at the end of the first, first round of play was at least guaranteed that. And then I've seen it, I've seen it in some districts where the first top where the top two teams were automatically, Mm -hmm. they they were safe in terms of advancing they would usually receive some sort of first round buy and then and then the spacing in terms of uh games as far as in tournament play it just varied i think it was typically two maybe two days maybe three days somewhere in there they would usually give themselves about about a week or so to play the entire tournament it just yeah. depends how many games you're talking about whether it's quarterfinals set up you know three games i think it's usually ends up being about three games okay Another thing I think about too is like, I mean, if you play around, you know, the first round and you're like the top team going into that. And then, uh, I mean, and let's say you have a 10, 11 team district. Um, and then, you know, you have six, maybe even, you know, more teams that are pretty darn even when you get into that district. Um, you're sitting one going in and then you may actually, after the tournament, not even make it in. So, I mean, that, that would be, you know, in my opinion, the downfall of that. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, you have tons of teams that are, are good in that district that, that could really throw a, a wrench in your in your plan, especially if you come out of the first round as being the top team. Um, I mean, like you said, it does force you to play each and every day. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see where that could 
really rough, you know, ruffle some feathers if that that were to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing about it is, as you know, I think there is no there is no perfect model. I think that's what we quickly realize. But I mean, that then again, you know, the I guess just to be a bit of a contrarian, I mean, look at look at you all last year. Right. Didn't didn't win the district title, but then you go on that run right in, into the playoffs. And uh yeah, so I think uh, so. There's never a perfect scenario. I think that one is a, a bit of a. Uh, I think that's a bit of a kind of a hypothetical. But I know in some of these large districts or where travel is an issue, that has been brought up on multiple occasions. It's first I've heard of it. Yeah, first okay. I've heard of it. So yeah, makes, it, we'll see you know, makes you ponder a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, coach, this has been uh, this has been awesome. We've. Uh, it's been a joy that's to have it. you on here. Have have loved it. Yeah, that's it. I told you. I told you. We well, I appreciate it. Yeah, me. Oh no! Hey, hey, hey! Let's come back. Got to come back to that one question, right? One. No, one no. Change in soccer in America. Come on, come on. I know you got something. Okay. Come on. No, I don't feel like there needs to be any change. I. No? Uh, well, I, okay, all right. Well, I, the only thing I can think of is. You know, and it's not even really a change. I mean, it, it's to me, I think we need to, if like we go to like tournaments, like we, you know, everybody has something different at tournaments, uh, which yeah. is, you know, to me, doesn't make a whole lot of sense is like, you know, you go to one tournament and let's say it's the same tournament, boys and girls, but then boys, they, they'll always finish the game. If it's tied, they'll go to PKs, but in another tournament, which is with the girls, they don't finish in PKs. They just let the game be over right you end in a tie uh and stuff like that I, I think just if we can figure out a way to keep everything more uniform and um mm -hmm. you know i i think that's something too and, and you know i i like these uh new tournaments that are also doing like 25 minute halves but really how are you saying that that's a full game you know how yeah. how, are you, how is that like get you a win on, on the win column when you're not even playing a complete game. And I, and I know it probably is just tournament rules and, and, and what have you, but uh, I don't think it's, you know, you're, you're, you're cut short on what could possibly be the outcome of the game. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it just goes back to what we were just talking about, right? There is no exact format, but I can definitely understand where you're coming from in terms of the consistency piece. And I know you mentioned tournaments, but, it's a big one in district play, right? Is, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, I know a lot of districts play it out, even district games that are right. in a tie. Uh, right. That, that, that to me, I think, you know, obviously it's a it's a district decision, and each district mm -hmm. uh, can make their own decision. But uh, yeah. I feel I think, you know, if we can come to an agreement uniform all the way across the board, I think that'll, you know. Yeah. It just – it seems to me the – the consensus on that is UAL doesn't really want to be involved in that, right? They don't they don't want to determine that on behalf of different schools, different districts, travel after a match, extending a match, what have you. So so they leave it up to the districts and district bylaws, right? So for example, what is, if you don't mind me asking, 26-4A, what is their policy if if a match is still tied at the end of regulation? Do you all yeah, go straight? We, to we don't, we don't, we, that's just it. We go to a tie. That's it. And then we have a numbering system. Um for, you know, wins, losses, ties. And and then, so our, our uh, DEC or our, <clears throat> our chair, our district chair just keeps up with those right. points. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very much an inconsistent thing as well. Right. As you see different districts doing different things as well. So, yeah. 
So I, I can definitely understand that. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's a really good one, actually. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but that's that's going to do it, Coach. That's going to do it. You've, I, I appreciate uh, you having great. me and, uh, you know, shine some light on the Bernard Greyhounds uh, girls program. I appreciate it. Our community uh, appreciates it. Our high school and everybody appreciates it. Yeah, absolutely. And before and you might have just done it there. But what I was going to say is before we let you go is as is customary, what we do is we try to end up we try to end the show on our kind of our final thoughts. So shout outs, thank yous, whatever's on your mind regarding your team, regarding the game, anything you want to share. Uh, we like to end with final thoughts uh, first. And since you are a guest, the floor is yours, Coach. Um, yeah, I just want to say thank you to uh, Greyhound Nation uh, for all the support that y'all give me, administrators, high school, uh, just our kids, our parents, everybody that's, uh, you know, supported me and our program uh, over the years. Uh, thank you all for that. Uh, again, my seniors, uh, this has been a great run so far. Let's finish this thing out on a, on a good note and uh, contributing players uh, be hungry, be ready to go tomorrow. And uh, again, Hector, ha thanks for having us and uh, being part of the 5050 podcast is awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. It's been great, Coach. We want to wish you the absolute best of luck the rest of the way. And uh, also, so we know you you have Davenport tomorrow at Davenport, 6 p.m. Yes, what's the what's after that? What's the rest of the schedule I'm looking um, like after Friday? We have we're at home versus Bandera. Okay. And then uh, I think we turn around next uh, and have Greater Hearts and then Wimberley, I believe. I think that's the mm. philosophy. Again, it's one of those, you know, think about don't think too far ahead. Be one and oh today. <laughs> so I try not to yeah. think too far ahead, but. Uh, right. I think that's uh, the order of events. And then we finish up our first round with Canyon Lake. Gotcha. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. Awesome. Well, coach, uh, you know, we share my final thoughts in terms of going to keep it very basic, very simple in light of what's going on across the state. Cause if I'm not mistaken, I think, uh, I think the only places in the state that have, that have played in the last couple of days have been the El Paso area, Houston, greater Houston area, and parts of the valley, if I'm not, if I understand that correctly, um, everyone else has been shut down. So, um, good luck to all teams as they try to kind of iron things out and get back on track. I know you're going to have a lot of Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday formats this week as far as trying to make up games. So, best of luck to everybody, making sure you get back safely to campus. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, at least for most uh, most schools, not necessarily all, as we transition out of this uh, this winter storm. So please be safe. Uh, look forward to seeing everybody back and then covering the game, those games back uh, across the state soon, as early as tomorrow. So, Coach, good luck uh, the rest of the way with your season. Uh, for our listeners. Thank uh, you all very listeners, much. Yes, sir. Absolutely. For our listeners, again, you can find us uh, You can find us on social media, uh, at Twitter, on or on Twitter, I should say, at 50 underscore 50 pod, as well as on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast. You can also find us both on uh, streaming on uh, YouTube as well as on Twitch. We're now also on Twitch. That's at the 50 underscore 50 podcast and at, at 50 underscore 50 pod. And then you can also find us the audio portion, the actual podcast itself on all major podcast platforms. So whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, just to name a few, Podbean or, you know, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, you can find us on all of those. You just got to look up the 50 the 5050 podcast. So thank you again for our listeners. You're the reason why we do it. We keep saying that every time. So it reminds of it reminds us of our mission and why we're doing this. So to Coach Shannon and the Lady Greyhounds, want to thank all of you 
And you know what to do. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.